You know our slogan around here is better practice, better life. But we're taking this belief to the next level. And we've recently announced the creation of a new association. It's called the Best Practices Association. Our association celebrates the mindset that is better practice, better life. This mindset celebrates time, healthy living, personal growth, clinical excellence, and impacting the lives of your patients and your team through intentional leadership. In fact, we are the work-life balance experts in dentistry. The BPA will coach independent dental practices like yours to thrive by sharing best practices and operational habits, behaviors, systems, tools, and insight that lead to profitability and sustained growth, and you can still have a life. So if you're a dentist that wants to surround yourself with great thinkers, let us help you create your own version of Better Practice, Better Life. Go to actdental.com forward slash BPA or hit the link in the show notes. Yo, yo, yo. Hey guys, welcome back to another awesome edition of the Best Practices Show podcast. My name is Kirk Barron and we are only going to do one thing and one thing only, create a podcast so that when you listen, it helps you improve your practice and your life. And today we cover one of the most important subjects that you have to deal with if you're building a great dental practice. It's called conflict. So I have one of our amazing lead coaches on, Heather Crockett, and we talk about how you can think productively about creating healthy conflict in your practice. So listen up. I know you guys will enjoy the episode and we'll see you soon. Hey guys, welcome back to the Best Practices Show podcast, where our job is to help you improve your practice and your life. And today we're going to be talking about an important subject that a lot of you deal with. I've dealt with it. We coach dentists on how to deal with it. It's called conflict. You know, with one of our amazing lead practice coaches here, Heather Crockett. Heather, thanks for being on as always. Hey everyone. Thanks for having me, Kirk. Yeah. So Heather, one of the fun things that I love doing podcasts with you in this regard is you take real things that are happening in the trenches with our offices and you bring them to life in these podcasts. And so this is one of those series where we get practices that are really good practices and they've hit these ceilings and they want to be better, but they don't often know how to be better. And so we help them navigate through these ceilings you know, by putting in systems, helping grow their team members, helping them think better. And inevitably, they're going to reach this thing called conflict. And so can you talk about what this is and the reality of it? So conflict, not that conflict ever happens in any dental practice ever, right? right. <laughs> or any company or family for that matter. Uh, we we talk about, and I want to start with our favorite equation is E minus R equals C. Amen. Expectations minus reality equals conflict. Okay. So if our expectations and the reality don't match, conflict ensues. Uh, this is something we talk about a lot. Well, when this conflict happens, especially amongst team members or or with yourself and a team member, what do you do? And how do we put a system, a protocol in place for when it does happen? How do we deal with it? Yeah, absolutely. And so, 
you know, part of the journey that you might be on, because I was on this journey, I've been clinically diagnosed as a wuss. I hated conflict. <laughs> so what I would create was called artificial harmony. So if you can think of this spectrum, you know, on one side of the spectrum, you have this artificial harmony, which is it's okay. It's not a big deal. I don't want everybody to be upset. And we're just going to get along for today. And what it does is it creates unresolved conflict that ultimately becomes a crisis. And then you've got on the other end of the spectrum is you've got destructive conflict where conflict is just drive. You're just driving conflict and your job as a leader, as a parent, as a spouse is to find the sweet spot in between. And what I'm here to tell you is that conflict is actually very helpful. It can be extremely productive. It can be the way of the future. And I'll tell you, if you're a great restorative dentist, it is the way to the future because you're going to have to navigate through the E minus R equals C thing. And you're going to be able to tell the truth and help people see the truth of where we're going. And being a leader is hard. And so a couple things that I would say about this is that as you see this starting to happen, number one, we got to have rules. You know, so Heather, one of the things that we do, you know, cause I, I warned you, you know, before we got onto this, like we can't make this a subjective conversation. Okay. We will in some respects, but there's gotta be an objective part because in the past I would have team members say, well, you don't trust me. You don't trust me. Well, we got to have rules and I got to stick to the rules. And so part of the rules is how do we communicate? You got to have core values. You got to have structured meetings. And when you start to have these rules, these are called boundaries. You can start to, people know what to expect and you can engineer some vulnerability where you can share how you're feeling, but it's in an environment that's protected by these boundaries for how you conduct those meetings. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, for sure. So we talk about having rules and being able to be vulnerable with your team, right? That's the kind of trust that we want. Once we have that layer in place, now we can move on and talk about conflict. Well, what does conflict look like? What what kind of things about conflict bother you or bother your team members? Everybody has their own story. Everyone has a history of how they've dealt with conflict in the past. And this oftentimes will shape our character and how we deal with conflict now as adults. We don't know that about one another until we have the conversation. So at ACT, we have a great resource that we use with our clients called our Conflict Personal Histories Exercise, where we have that conversation. We give room for that discussion and we talk about the things that happened when we were kids in adolescence and moving on from there so that we understand more. Okay. I can ask you, Kirk, like what was conflict like when you were younger? What, what things were okay and what things were not okay. My kids know that when daddy swears, he means business. He doesn't mm -hmm. swear very often, but when he does, that's when they understand and know, okay, daddy's really mad, right? So he is, in fact, shaping their conflict history now. So when they're adults, if someone swears, it might make them feel uncomfortable. Yeah. Right? And so the same thing is going to happen with with every other situation. For example, yelling is another one. Yeah. Right. We, we've had team members share for us too experiences that they've had where they didn't experience yelling growing up. And when they got married, right, their in-laws, their family did yell and it was normal for them to yell. Yeah. So, so you see how everyone experiences conflict a little bit differently through their life. And that then shows up as adults when we are interacting with one another, someone's take on conflict is going to be different from another. 
Yeah, absolutely. And so there was a lot of shouting when I grew up and that's just how we did it. And I had friends in Italian families, all they did was shout, you know, but one of the things that was cool about an Italian family, and I knew multiple Italian families is they would shout, but they would also love each other and get through it and make this productive somehow, some way, you know, people that don't deal with conflict, it ultimately becomes a very unhealthy situation. And then it just explodes in a fragmentation of the relationship. And that's a tough place to be. Absolutely. So I would say start there, start with the discussion of what conflict is, what feels normal for your team and what feels abnormal and uncomfortable, and then move into conflict agreements where you're going to agree as a team not to swear, not to raise your voice, all of those things where we're going to use a calm tone of voice, we're going to speak our minds, any of those items are going to be on your agreement list and then have everyone on the team sign it. Yeah. Now I want to I want to go back to this spectrum that you were talking about Kirk, our destructive conflict and our artificial harmony. As a team, I would encourage you to sit down and define what that looks like. Destructive conflict is when we are passive aggressive, when we're mean-spirited, we are attacking the person and not the issue. Artificial harmony is when we have something to say and we don't say it. Mm. And when we don't say it, we are actually engaging in destructive conflict in a roundabout way and doing more harm than we are good. Yeah, absolutely. And so I know that to be true, 100%. And so if you're listening, which I hope you are, I'm not the smartest guy. So like if this was a lesson in bowling, I'm going to start with the guardrails, you know what I mean? And just so I can get the ball down the lane. And part of the guardrails for me, I'll just tell you firsthand is that I didn't know how to run a meeting. I really didn't. I had an idea and I had maybe uh, an opinion about how to run a meeting. And what really wasn't until I read Traction and you guys have heard me reference that a lot, but it's the anatomy of an excellent meeting. It's called the L10 agenda. And as you practice it, you see that there are rules. And what I'm saying here is that I follow the rules now and it's amazing that those rules guide what Heather's talking about. So it allows for space. Number one, we're going to, we're going to have the pleasantries that we need. Number two, we're going to discuss the data. Number three, we're going to talk about what needed to be done and was promised to be done, therefore introducing some accountability. And then we also have space to IDS issues. Now, if you look at the anatomy of that, what it allows us to be able to do is just fully release on, listen, these are the biggest issues. And this is why this is an issue. But as you can see, it's grounded in some rules. It isn't the age old meeting where somebody just airs their grievances and you as a dentist don't know what to do because three of your team members are crying because one of them complained about the truth of what's going on here. And then we just do it again and again and again. That's not a healthy situation either. So I like the idea of having some type of rules so that you, when you get to the space where we can share everything, We've already covered the important things. We've already proven to ourselves we can get things done. We now trust each other. For me, I'm in a place now, and please don't hear that it's perfect, but like the right people are in the right seats and they run the, these particular meetings or these communication sessions where things get done, promises are kept. We stick to the rules. We behave that way. And so when it comes to what Brene Brown says, you know, that, uh, you know, vulnerability-based trust, 
You can say whatever you want because we're at the place where you can air those and you can be trusted that this is going to be held high and we'll dissect it. And so you feel like, wow, we're in a place where we've got the left brain and the right brain and I hope this is making sense. Mm -hmm. And it's not just a whole emotional conversation. And I'll tell you, once you experience that sweet nectar of communication, it's like the sweet spot. You've experienced that with your spouse or anybody else running a family. It's so great when you can get to these areas of vulnerability where you're talking about what really is going on and everybody can trust each other. And we're going to do something productive after this. So does that make sense, Heather? Yes. And to go back to the book Traction, there's a whole chapter on the issues component. And what you just said, you just said IDS. IDS stands for um, identify, discuss, and solve. And when when I bring this to the teams that I coach, I actually encourage them to change the discuss to debate. Because Mm -hmm. that's what helps to foster this healthy conflict that I'm going to come to, I'm going to come to this IDS session. We're going to look through these issues. Once we've, once we've identified it, I'm going to debate. I'm going to say, this is my idea. This is my thought. This is why I think this will work. And there's a good chance somebody else on the team, this happens often, has a better idea. And if they don't say that out loud and they hold that back, that's not doing the team any favors. Yeah, absolutely. And so I love the debate thing. And it just brought to mind one thing, you know, the precursor to this or the prequel is you got to have some core values in place. One of ours is all in attitude. Mm -hmm. It is awesome when people shout, get fired up, get spirited. And they're getting spirited because they're doing it for the benefit of all of us. It's not self-motivated. Like I need to get mine here. You know, anytime we do this now, only because the, the, the core values, again, our rules for behavior, their verbs, you know, and all in attitude is this, listen, I get it. Everybody works hard, but like, we got to be all in on the benefit for everybody. So when it comes to shouting or fighting passionately and getting spirited, you can see it in people's eyes. I'm doing this for all of us, all of us. This is not about me. This is not about my role. This is not about what I think. It is about moving all of us forward in the right direction. And that, again, I'll just go back to this. That's a sweet spot when conflict is really quite productive. Let's talk about when it starts to get to the destructive piece. How do I notice when it's getting destructive, Heather? How do I? Oh, you can feel it. Here, here, I'm going (laughs) to... I'm, I'm telling you the real issue is like, number one, you often don't know when you're doing that. That's why you need the help of a coach, a therapist, somebody who's, who can tell you what they see because you can't see it when you're in the middle of it. But what are some of the signs of this is becoming destructive conflict? Oftentimes when, and again, Kirk, I'm going to go back to core values, just like you did. When your core values are in place and those rules and behaviors are set, I don't have any team that I'm coaching that doesn't have a core value that's related to uh, respect or teamwork, right? And when when that destructive conflict enters into the practice, it brushes up against your core values, which is why it feels so icky. Yeah. And that's when we need to address the behavior with a courageous conversation with that team member to say, listen, This is one of our core values. These are the non-negotiable behaviors for the practice and how we behave in the practice. In addition to that, remember, destructive conflict is that mean-spirited. You're you're attacking someone and not the issue, right? 
that's when you need to pull them aside and have that conversation. And I would lean very heavily on your core values. Yeah, absolutely. Heather, I think you just shared a magical secret there. Anytime you feel yourself attacking a person, don't do that. Mm-hmm. It's your fault. It's gotten to this level. Yep. What you should do instead is attack the values. Like, are these values real or attack mm-hmm. the real issue? Because when you start, you know, changing the way your brain works, like don't get mad at people, get mad at a system. Don't get mad at people, get mad at, you know, do we have the right rules in place? When you can start working on that piece, that's when the magic starts to come alive in your practice. And that's when you can really passionately argue, you know, or debate um, conflict in the highest level. And everyone will see, hey, listen, we can unpackage this and we can start to move in the right direction. If you don't have the right person there, this is not going to work. You know, it's going to be based on another set of values here. So yeah. the destructive. Would, go ahead. No, you go. You go. I would I would say that you're you're going to know what the difference is. The first the first step is awareness. Okay. the The first thing that we think of what the first thing is that pops in your head when you think of conflict. Okay, and what you and I are describing today. I'm hoping that it's going to change your mind about what you, what you hear, what you think of when you hear the word conflict. Right. Okay. Now, again, when it goes to that destructive line, you are going to recognize it now more than ever because you've listened to this podcast. You're welcome. It's a gift. (laughs) It's also a little bit of a curse because now you think, "Ah, now what do I do with this? Yeah. And And I would say, yes, go to your core values. Yeah, absolutely. And there's no better way. Now I get it. If somebody's not a parent here and I'm not the perfect parent, but you practice this every day, you know, when you're doing artificial harmony with kids, it just works in the way that you don't want it to. And it goes derail. And then the older your kids get, the more you realize I'm not your friend. Have you ever said that? I'm your dad. God gave you to me to make sure that you survive in the wilderness. And here's how it's going to work here. And your kids go, and you enjoy at a certain point as they age conflict. You're like, nope, you're not doing that. Here's how this is going to work. And everyone's happy. It becomes destructive. And I've been there too, when you just can't quit and you just got to make a point. And now I'm politicking and I'm just driving my point home at the mercy of the relationship instead of the benefit of the relationship. And so, uh, and that's where Sarah will really be back in and go, stop, 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 stop. So same principle applies at work. Like it's good to have conflict. It's better to be clear than nice. And that's one thing I would just ask you, put it everywhere. It's better to be clear than I'm just going to be clear based on our core values, based on the rules, based on the conversation. Um, And I will go back to this. I'm going to repeat this over again. If you've never run a productive meeting, you're cursed. You need to learn how to run a productive meeting, which is an L10 meeting. It's rules. Here's how a meeting works. It's this, it's this, it's this, it's this. Now you can lean heavily into what what Heather's described as productive conflict. Now you can say anything you want because there's rules and how we can get get out of here. We're going to IDS, we're going to sign action items, And we're going to make sure that these fall off the board because we've agreed these are problems. We're going to solve the problem here and we're going to turn this into a healthy organization where we have, you know, vulnerability-based trust and it's in the framework of some rules, some rail guards on the, on the bowling lane. 
I agree with you completely. And those level 10 meetings, they, they, they give structured space to produce that productive conflict. And I won't rate, we rate all of our meetings. I won't rate a meeting a 10 from one to 10. I won't rate it a 10 if we didn't have some kind of productive conflict. That's so true. We try not to rate them a 10 at all. You know, I don't think it's a healthy thing to do at 10, but at <laughs> 9.5, you're right. It's got to have some conflict. We've got to overcome a challenge. we got to bring yep. something to the table. And, and one last piece too, go for the big conflict right away. When you identify the biggest issue in any meeting and you make a commitment as a team to stick to the rules on our core values and IDS it, and you know, what you find is that solving the biggest problem or attacking the largest conflict in the room often solves other smaller conflicts because they're interrelated. They've often multiplied as a result of the main conflict and created other conflicts. So I'm here to tell you what Heather says is true. Create some rules around how you communicate, you know, core values wise in your meetings, and then lean heavily into the conflict and trust each other with a methodology that, hey, look, we're going to call this out and we're going to solve it. And we're going to prove to ourselves we can get this done week over week. And you'll start to trust each other. You'll start to be more honest with each other. You'll start to enjoy meetings. There's a thought. Some of you say, I don't do meetings because they're terrible. Don't do that. That's a, that's a story you tell yourself that becomes true. Make sure you tell yourself your meetings, they're a 9.5 out of 10. You know why? Because we get a lot done. We stick to rules. We call out exactly the real problem in the room and we get things done. And I'm looking forward to the one next week. Yeah. Any last thoughts you have, Heather, on this? I would say, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to engage in the productive conflict, right? Be ready for it to feel a little weird and different. Get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Be sure that you set those rules and agreements beforehand and be prepared to be relieved because having that productive conflict will propel your practice forward in a way that you've never been able to before. Totally agree. And it's a whole wonderful place to be. Remember, you spend 30% of your life at work. Make sure you get to a place where it's healthy. It's productive conflict. People trust you and we know we're going to be okay. So Heather, thanks for being on. I really appreciate you. Thank you so much, Kurt. Yeah. So thank you guys for listening to the Best Practices Show podcast. Hey, if you enjoyed today, which I hope you did, do us a favor, hit the share button, share this with your friends. Keep sending us suggestions for things you guys want to see. You're going to see we have an amazing lineup already scheduled for 2023. We want to make sure that we're presenting solutions and talking about the real issues that you guys are dealing with as dentists, because we want you to have a better practice and a better life. So keep showing up, keep sharing with us. And until we see you guys next time, or you hear from us next time, Keep watching or keep listening to the best practice show. You guys enjoy your day. Thanks everyone. So there you have it. Another great episode. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Hey, and thank you for showing up. I just want to thank you for being here and sharing the good word with your friends. And if you're really enjoying the podcast, could you do me a favor? Could you go to wherever you consume the podcast and just give us a four or five star review? Here's what that does. It allows us to find other great people like you. I love this profession so much. I'm going to spend the rest of my professional life finding great information 
so that you can consume it and your friends can consume it so that you can create a better practice and a better life. So keep spreading the word and we will see you guys soon. Have a great day, everybody.